Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Are we near Oregon? And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. That was close to COVID. And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. You know, you, you've brought up a few things just in our, our small chatter here before we come on the air. Uh, good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. John Warren, along with T.J. Mathewson, this last thing that you just said, uh, it interests me. I said, are you going to, you said this is one of the most exciting days of the year for you. All these baseball games on, there's four games on today. Yeah. And then I said, uh, but you don't get to watch them because we have this show. And then later tonight you'll have, you'll have high school football, Corvallis at South Albany. And you said, well, that's okay. I'll go home and watch them and everything. I thought, Oh, okay. You're going to DVR them. And you said, I don't DVR things. No. Now that interests me. This because could be it, a. This is the earliest fresh look segment we've had. It is. It is the fresh look. But in, six minutes is. in, should I play the open? We can. Let's do that. John and Mike have been around the block a few times in their 19 years on the Joe Beaver Show, but sometimes, whether it be with their opinions or asking either of them what the newest trends in pop culture are, they could use some youthful assistance. Lucky for them, help is here. T.J. Matthewson with a fresh look. You're still young, that's your fault. There's so much you have to know. Find a girl, settle down. If you want, you can marry. Look at me, I am old, but I'm happy. I was once like you are now. And I know that it's not easy. Okay. <laughs> I love that song. So the fresh look. Now, just while that was playing, we were talking, and you gave me some information that I want to uh, further explore. But you don't DVR. Now, does that mean, it just prompts more questions. Mm -hmm. Does that mean that you don't DVR anything or baseball games or full games? live sports i would say you i mean if you're if it's a tv show you have to dvr it because you can't like you're not going to get the summary of what i'm going to go back to like game of thrones when game of thrones was wrapping yeah. up in when was it wrapping up 2019 i think uh, 2019 2018 yeah, yeah. one of those two years and you know you can't just i don't want to just read the summary of that because you have to you have to watch it through you have to. It's like it's a show. It's a story. You have to watch the story from start right. to finish. Right. So if you miss one, but you got to DVR it. But sports, mm -hmm. in all this wonderful, especially in baseball, there's just so many games. There are so many games. With and even even in the playoffs, you, I don't know. You you can you can get the story without needing to see every single pitch of a game. Yes. In 
20 seconds when you look on Twitter after the game. Right. I get that. And that's, for lack of, it's, it's a sad thing from the times that Mike and I always, you know, wax poetic about having the, the grade school teacher wheel in the television to watch, you know, a day game in the playoffs. That, that happened back in the day. And if you had a sports-minded teacher, they would wheel it in. If, if, certainly the World Series, back when they were all, you know, many day games. And then uh, championship series. But also, if they were day games, a teacher might bring in a TV. And that was quite common uh, back in the day. We'd get a TV, but it would be Bill Nye instead. Yeah, right. Bill Nye's classic. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so then we get to the point we are now. And over the years, Mike and I have talked about it. And we've had calls on it and made, made topics of it for this very Joe Beaver show. So I don't want to rehash all that, but I do want to get caught up to and just get confirmation where you are in this fresh look, you being 20-something and me being 50-something. Um, one question right off the bat, do you still watch SportsCenter? No. And when I ask... Do you still watch SportsCenter? Well, no, but, but sometimes I do. Now, when I ask you that, when I say do you in the fresh look, I'm asking you as a representative of your age group. Not really. I... I... I, I know a lot of people who used to to watch Sports Center that are my age that really did. I never really used to watch Sports Center that much. I wouldn't make it like appointment viewing to sit down. What was that six o'clock? Yeah, for Sports Center. I mean, just never. That was never me. Because before you, it was the thing. They had commercials oh, about it. It was that was the place to go for and it's all the, your sports. The personalities too. Yeah, it, it, it's absolutely. A, it's it involves Stuart Scott. Yeah, rest his soul. And, you know, Scott Van Pelton right now does a lot. I will occasionally watch a little bit of his because he's on after Monday yeah. Night Football usually and other big ESPN events. I think he's also on after college football on Saturdays. Because yeah. I know it's all instant now. And, and and even I'm starting to learn, okay, you can go to Twitter, you can go to uh, this app that I have that shows you scores. If a game is over, you can click on it and get the recap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the written story personally, but, but you no know, highlights. I like both the written story and highlights. Yeah. Because still being an old guy, I like to read about it and and just think in my mind and then watch some highlights. Especially, the one thing I love about this new, fresh look uh, and this modern era is if there's any big play that everyone's talking about, you can find it. Oh, instantly. Especially, and what I've noticed with Major League Baseball this season, especially, if there's something big that happens and I'm not watching it live, I will open Twitter and it will be on my feed in 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. It may be 30 seconds, if not quicker. I get, you, and you get all of it. You get the whole segment. They will rip it right from the TV broadcast. Boom. Yeah. Right on Twitter. Hit that again, by the way. We have a short somewhere. Perfect. That's it. Wonderful. A short I was worried for where a the second. left ear goes out. And <laughs> I, it's funny because Mike's always over there hitting the table because it's just it's very sensitive. It's funny. We just got to figure out where the short is. It's anyway. Um, okay. So this is good. This is good. We're, we're learning something here. Uh, by the way, welcome to the show. And we have a big show for you today. A couple of, well, actually three guests, but only in two time slots because we're going to do something we don't really do often, but it was requested. So um, coming up at 1130. Juju Barker from the 
OSU women's soccer team, and Helena Brown will join us in uh, a group call. They both wanted to do it at the same time, so we'll talk to, to them. They were victorious yesterday in their game. So that's coming up here in just a couple of minutes at 11.30. And then at 12.05, we're, we'll talk women's basketball with Noel Manon, and that's at 12.05 this afternoon. Other than that, we have audio to play and your phone calls to, to get to in your thoughts about this weekend's uh, upcoming action, of course, Beaver football and uh, other sports happenings. Uh, at 497-5356, there's always the University Honda text line. But if we we want you to call in, and we'll hear from Dave, I'm sure, from Tomwater. He said he'll call and talk uh, uh, on the phone line, which, of course, is the Downward Dog phone line. Same number, 497-5356. You still watch it live, though, and stay through the whole thing. For baseball. Yeah. yeah. For, well, for anything that interests you. Yeah, any, anything I try. I mean, I had it on yesterday when I'm you know doing prep for this show and... Keep an eye on it when I'm watching the Seahawks yesterday as well. Now, when you're working, it, it, I understand how hard it is to, to not know because you're working, you're on your phone, you're looking at Twitter, you're doing whatever you're doing in sports. But let's say you're at a wedding or you're doing something, you, you know, something outside of sports and your favorite team is playing in a contest. Will you DVR that, try to avoid knowing what the score was and go back and watch it? That's a good question. So I've thought about this before, especially in the context of the Mariners eventually making the playoffs. So the, the situation that has been proposed to me multiple times is, TJ, you're at a wedding. Maybe it's your wedding or yeah. someone else's wedding. It's just really a really important day for somebody and you need to be there. And the Mariners make the playoffs yeah. for the first time. Yeah, are I'm going to say in my lifetime because in my in my memory, them making the playoffs. What do you do? Right. And I'm like, I don't know. Do I DVR? Maybe. Yeah. But I would. The problem is, I would literally, which this is difficult for people my generation, would have to turn my phone off and have make sure at the wedding, which would probably be you know 100, 150 people. I'd imagine. Yeah. To not tell me what the score is. You can you can do it. And there's fun in the game of trying to do that. Yes. Because if you're going to look at your phone anyway to get the recap, who cares if they blow it? But trying is fun. And I wouldn't want to be rude by, like, let's say, sticking an earphone in during no, the wedding. You don't, you don't do that. You don't. And, li- and try and listen to the game. I've done that before. It's not a good look. No, it is not. But... I, I if, wanna, worst, if worst comes to worst, that, that, could be, that could be it. So I want to explain to you, and we'll bring in Dave from Tumwater, who's calling uh, a little earlier than normal for today's show. And Dave, if you'll indulge me here, and, and feel free to laugh or, or chime in if, you, if you've experienced this, Dave. But Mike and I both, without knowing each other, back in our youth, n- did this same, very same thing. We both did not know each other and did this same thing. Now, maybe it's a personality trait, I don't know, but... When there was a big game back in the 70s, for me it would have been a Portland Trailblazer game that you could, you had a VCR, that would have been the 80s. You had a VCR, you could tape it. If someone called the house phone, this was before cell phones, if someone called the house phone, I'm still living with my parents or brothers and my sister, I would literally pick up the phone, and Mike has said he's done the same thing, and say... I don't know who this is. Please do not tell me the score of the game. I'm taping the game. I cannot know the score of the game. If you tell me the score of the game, I'm going to be very upset. Hi, who's this? And it might be the tax man. It might be a bill collector. It might be uh, someone's, uh, is your mom there? I've literally had that happen before. Dave, has that ever happened to you? Did you do that back in the day? 
No, John, I have to uh, <laughs> confess that I, I know I have many idiosyncrasies, uh, but that was never uh, or is not one of them. But you had to have had a scenario, Dave. You had to have had a scenario where you were taping a game, you, you just couldn't get to it right now, and you didn't, you didn't want to know the score, right? No, that actually, that's not, I taped, well, the last time I taped something was probably the 2004 Insight Bowl against Notre Dame. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that was the last time I taped something. I would tape something uh, that I would I, I would go to, I would go to a game like the Fiesta Bowl or the Insight Bowl or any regular season game. Yeah, uh, and then I would watch it later just to see you know what uh, get someone else's interpretation, kind of relive the moment if it was a, 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 a peak experience. But I never. I can honestly say I never taped an event so that I could watch it unknowing as to the ultimate outcome of the event. I don't think I ever did that. That surprises me. Not only did we do it back in the day, but I've literally done it as recently as within the last couple months. And even with cell phones and people and all of that, managed to not know the score of a game and watched it fully as though it was uh, I was watching it live. Well, I, I, I actually, I have to make a minor adjustment to my declaration there, John, because last weekend we were staying with friends in Eugene, and um, we uh, we went out to lunch. They're, they were big Duck fans. My wife, of course, is a Duck fan. And mm-hmm. at lunch, it was, uh, uh, well, I probably shouldn't mention the name of the restaurant. I, you probably don't like me giving away free plugs to places. Although I think they're an advertiser of yours in Corvallis, too. Uh, okay, I'm too far out on the ledge. It's Takavor. We were in Takavor okay. in Eugene uh, having lunch. Uh, but, the, but the duck game has started, so we, uh, we got back home. And uh, my, our, our friends had started the recording device, uh, the DVR. And what was interesting, I, I was kind of curious about the technology. Now, remember, John. I'm 10 years older than Mike and probably 15 to 20 years older than you. Yeah. So we're approximate and approximately in the same generation, sure. but not quite. But anyway, I was fascinated by the technology. My friend was explaining that by cutting out the ads, you could eventually, although we got, we started watching a half an hour, 45 minutes after the duck Stanford game began. He said, you know, eventually I can catch up to where it is in real time. And I, I was just, you know, old uh, uh, mid-70s codgers in waiting like <laughs> myself were easily amazed by technology. Well, not only that, and I, TJ, I don't know if you know this or have used this too, but th- I can't do it so much with my Comcast. I don't like the, the uh, DVR controls on the Comcast. I hate it. But my dish, I loved it, and I had it for years. And when watching a taped back game or anything that's been stalled for time, you could hit a, a, a single button, and it would fast-forward 30 seconds. So if, if the two teams playing football were, were teams that would huddle up, you could literally f- hit the 30-second button after the tackle, and it would take you right to the line of scrimmage. It was, it was genius. 
And I'd watch a lot of NFL yeah. games that way while doing this show so that I could come on this show and at least know what's going on in the NFL because I didn't want to sit through a whole afternoon of NFL games on a Sunday when I worked Monday through Saturday on Beaver stuff. So I would literally do the 30-second thing and blow through one NFL game in maybe 45 minutes. Well, that's why now they all these leagues, they'll make condensed games so you don't have to do that. Right, the Red Zone and, and the other yeah, channels. Yeah, the Red Zone. I believe NFL has condensed games. And, of course, you can look at the, you know, the, uh, the All-22 film. Right. Uh, I know Major League Baseball with. Uh, if you have MOB TV, every single game, they have a condensed game after the game oh, that you can so watch. I, I so if you miss that. a Mariner game, I think it's like 30 minutes long. You can watch an entire condensed game after. Wow. So, Dave, what what was your original call? But this is an interesting topic, and, and we didn't plan on it, because uh, even still, since Mike and I, we always talk about this stuff, but even still then, TJ's telling me of something I didn't know about all of these condensed versions of, of games that you can watch. No, I I remember the old uh, VHS tape. You could kind of speed ahead 30 seconds at a time, and I agree that was pretty cool. But my reason for calling, John, I I, I am your faithful correspondent from the state of Washington. And I actually, I don't think this is entirely revelatory, but I have some news having gone to the Seahawks game in Seattle last night. So you will remember, John. Yeah. And, And you and Mike had a lot of fun twisting my tail about it afterwards when I called in to say SC football is never going to revert to the status it had in the Pete Carroll glory days. Now, you guys kind of mischaracterized what I said. I never said they wouldn't have good teams. I never said they wouldn't have a load of talent. But what I said, they would never be the darling of the Los Angeles football media world and universe I stand by that, but here's my larger point. Having made that, I'm raising myself in kind of radio poker. The Pete Carroll era has, is going into eclipse in Seattle. He's topped out. Uh, you could see from the body language and that what was going on at the sidelines that uh, he and Russell Wilson are, are not really on the same. He still wants to play the old Marshawn Lynch uh, run the ball, doesn't want to turn Russell loose. But here was the thing that was even more interesting, John, that I think you probably had to be in the stadium to perceive, although maybe it came through, and I guess I, guess I have some evidence that it also came through on the television broadcast. When Geno Smith came into that stadium and took the Seahawks down for that, it, closed, it narrowed the gap, I think it brought them within two points. Mm-hmm. John, I've, I've been to most of the games that the Seahawks have ever played in that stadium, 98% or more, and I've been to all of the big games, playoffs, season clinchers, et cetera. And rarely have I seen that stadium as electric. Mm. I mean, the juice was literally flowing through that crowd when Geno Smith took them down to score. But here's the interesting they started the Geno chant. Now, I'm thinking <laughs> I was laughing at if that I'm Russell night. Wilson and my coach has put me on the bench and the crowd is yelling for Geno, I'm, tell- I'm just telling you guys, and I can elaborate on this tomorrow, uh, later, some other time. Yeah. I know you've got to get to a break and you've got to call at 1230. I'm just calling in to say, much like I said controversially in your minds, what I said about SC, I'm saying the same thing. The Pete Carroll era has topped out. Uh, either he or Russell Wilson are going to be gone next year. In any event, regardless of whether either of those two points, 
that franchise uh, is not reaching the level of excellence it had uh, the middle of the last decade when well, they won the Super Bowl. That's my report. Uh, I mean, when Matthew Stafford, of all people, can light them up for almost 400 <laughs> yards of offense, you know that the Seattle Seahawks don't have a, a good defense, and the defense is what Carroll himself specializes. It just it it seemed like every time I looked up, I had the sound off, and I was working on some stuff. And every time I looked up, Matthew Stafford was completing another really long pass, and and driving it down the field. But that one drive by Smith was very impressive. And TJ, being the Seahawk expert here, wants to respond. Yeah, I I, I echo everything you say, Dave, and. Even more on top of that, it's it 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 might come down to one or the other. Russell's gonna, you know, I don't know if he has a direct line to ownership. I would imagine he does. Goes up to Jody Allen at the end of the season and says, "Hey, uh, this isn't working out anymore." And it just seemed like it was so stale. Everything they were doing was so stale, and the new offense with offensive coordinator Shane Waldron again just looks like it just looks like Pete's offense still. All all the all the new stuff they were bring, they were quote unquote bringing in from the McVay tree uh, in Los Angeles. They didn't really do much of that last night. You could see the difference in execution between the Rams' offense and the Seahawks' offense. And you know maybe they win that game with Russell Wilson and Geno doesn't throw that pick at the end. But it, it even with Russell in there when he was healthy, it looks stale. Yeah, what well, that pick wasn't really his fault, and the offense never the best drive, the most the. The best rhythm the Seattle uh, offense had is when Gino was in. So, John, I, I, I don't want to close out necessarily on a controversial note, but I know you give me more line than Mike does. And the larger point is this, and I know it kind of rankles a lot of people, and the question that came in yesterday about what, what, what I thought about Jonathan Smith, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. <laughs> and this, this gets to the heart of my argument now over 15 years on the show. Yeah. Coaching staffs. And coaching staff productivity, John, TJ, they have a lifespan. They have an ascendancy. They have a plateau. They have a dissension. Some people might consider that controversial. To me, that's just simply the nature of life. You can all read in between the lines if you like. I'm not going to go there because I don't want to annoy any advertisers or any particular boosters or subset of the fan base. But it's simply the case. Rise, plateau, fall. It's the nature of the world. And people just simply need to have a realistic outlook about that. Jonathan Smith, clearly in the ascendant phase. I hope it goes for as far and as long as it might, but it's going to plateau and it will descend. It's just simply the way of the world, guys. It is. I I agree with you 100%. Um, There's only one example of that, and it was a crash. One example, though, that is not the norm, and that's Joe Paterno. He just kept going and going and going, and then the whole thing fell apart. But he went longer than anyone and never really had that decline until the end. I was going to say, you could probably say Nick Saban right now, too. I mean, he's... Well, he had a lot of different stops, though, and he's he's been peaking for a lot of years at Alabama. I guess you could say he's plateaued, but there's not really more room. Yeah. No, you're right, Dave. And, and, Vince, and, they all... and Vince Lombardi might have been another one. Well, John, I hope I added, I hope I pulled my own weight with the show today. You did. You did. And I really appreciate it. You know, um, really appreciate your thoughts. And I know you're going to get into baseball. TJ and I are going to break that down here after our interview. But thanks for calling, Dave. Okay. Take care, guys. All right. That's Dave from Tumwater. Good stuff. We'll take a break. And when we come back, 
we're going to talk with two players from the Oregon State women's soccer program that wanted to be on together. <laughs> Don't normally do this, but we can, and we have before. So we'll do that next here on 1240 Joe Radio. This is Beaver Football. I'm Randy Holmes, owner of the Angry Beaver Grill, where we're bringing the tailgate atmosphere for OSU football game day. Going to the game, Angry Beaver will be offering a shuttle service to and from the stadium. Every Tuesday, check out our What Do You Know trivia. Try our extended menu with new items such as chili cheese fries and loaded tachos. And don't miss our daily specials offered Tuesday through Friday. Angry Beaver Grill will be open for breakfast, Saturday and Sunday and at 3 p.m. Tuesday through Friday. Thank you for supporting the Angry Beaver Grill on 4th Street in downtown Corvallis. And remember, go Beavs. Wise Photo Printing has moved. Stop by their new location at 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis. Need a passport or visa picture for any foreign country, including Canada? Need to transfer an old video or film to a digital format? Looking to restore or manipulate an image or need a high-resolution scan of a print negative or a slide? Wise Photo Printing can help. They have a self-service kiosk, too. Wise Photo Printing, now in their new location at 6th and Adams next to Ball Studios in downtown Corvallis. Helping you get it done. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project, now's the time to get it done, and Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, vinyl, laminate, tile, wood flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands. The staff, Wendy, Robin, and Brian, have years of combined experience and look forward to working with you. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown. Or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, especially during these unprecedented times. Stargazer Premier provides contactless deliveries with a focus on keeping families and friends connected and safe. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Head coach Jonathan Smith has his alma mater trending up. Stretch play to the right to Baylor. Hole first down, more 15 to the 10, 5, and B.J. Baylor all the way in! Touchdown, Beavers! Join us Saturday. The Beavs visit the Washington State Cougars. Our coverage begins at 11 a.m. on your home for Oregon State football, the Beavers Sports Network. And our local coverage begins at 9 with the Tailgate Show on 1240 Joe Radio. All right, welcome back uh, here after the break. John Warren along with uh, T.J. Mathewson. T.J., we're going to do something here we don't often do. Usually when we do, Mike handles the whole interview. I'd be the engineer making sure we bring people in. So I'm going to be very careful when I bring in our guests. Women's soccer, victorious yesterday over Arizona State. And uh, that must have hurt you, as I see at the Arizona State uh, sticker on your... We got the ASU polo on today. Yeah, don't wear that tomorrow for the tailgate show. Because that's bad. No, that's why I wear it on Fridays. There you go. And uh, and so <laughs> and so you must be feeling bad. And by the way, the first goal was an own goal 
by the Sun oh, that's Devils. That's tough. Yeah, that's really tough. So let me let me say this out loud while I do this. Okay, line two is Helena Brown. Helena, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, now I'm going to bring in uh, Juju. Hi, Juju. Can you hear me all right? Hi, yeah, I can hear you. Okay, Juju Barker now. There's a weird echo with Juju, but that's okay. It will make this work. Um, first of all, Juju is a freshman from Woodenville, Washington, Inglemore High School, a defender on the program and on the team, and from Clackamas High School, just up the road, redshirt junior Helena Brown. Why did you guys, did you request, you wanted to come on together for this interview? I'll uh, start with. Yeah, we have to do it together. Yeah, yeah, no problem. We we don't do it very often, but we'll we'll do it. It's just I have to myself or TJ have to steer the questions to one or the other. Um, so now a four way conversation. Four way but conversation. Hey, it, it's okay. It's okay. We got so it. let's start with Helena because she's older, and I believe in re, in respecting your elders. Uh, <laughs> Helena, Helena, tell us about uh, first of all yesterday's game and and how you guys. Uh, uh, held on, got the victory. It was your first time home in quite a while. Tell us about um, how things went. Um, yeah, we were pretty excited to be home since I've been a while. And we went into game plan just to play it like ourselves and just to press them and put them under and they can feel us. And I think we did a pretty good job of that because we got two goals pretty early. Um, towards the end of the game, we had to play a little bit more defensive because they started turning the tables on us. So we held it down pretty well, I thought. Now, if you guys are anywhere near each other, go to the opposite corners of the room because there's a little bit of a bleed-in that causes an echo. I think that'll fix it. Okay. But, um, no, great answer. That That's interesting. Um, TJ, why don't you fire off a question for Juju? Yeah, Juju, I mean, we, we don't know much about you. There's no bio listed on the OSU Beavers website. I know you're a native just outside of Seattle. I'm a native of Ballard myself. I see you're a native of Woodenville. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you down here. Yeah, I grew up in Woodenville, and my sister played college soccer at University of Illinois, so it's kind of always been a dream of mine to play as well. And or I just really like Oregon State, like the college campus feel, and I am really happy about the new coaching staff, and just the way we play. It's been really good. How much older is uh, your sister than you? She is five years older, so she graduated last year. So would, she, would you say she was maybe your, your driving force to play soccer? Was it always, you know, encouraged in the family, or did she did she get you onto that? Uh, I guess I've always kind of looked up to her in that way, and her experience was really, like, good, so... I just kind of gravitated toward doing it as well. You guys had a big win. We'll we'll go back to Helena. Tell tell us about um, the the win at Stanford a couple of weeks ago over number seven Stanford, two to one. Just an incredible performance, and you're keeping it up because you're ten and two right now. Um, so was there a down point in this season, and you came back from it, or you haven't hit that yet, and you haven't hit your peak? Where do you think you are in the season at ten and two, Helena? Um, honestly, we're just taking it game by game, and I've been super proud of our team because even though we may hit, like, an obstacle against USC or against Cal, we just keep firing back and returning with a win, and I don't know. We just take it game by game, and I think we're just going to keep doing that and see where it takes us. How much, uh, how, how, how different is it 
under Coach Sinicola and and what you're doing is and, and the style of play is it uh, you know off the field stuff because you know you guys have really turned it around and and improved on what was already a good program. Um, h- how much do, does it mean to have Coach Sinicola and, and the things you're learning from her? Uh, it means everything. Lauren's honestly been an answered prayer to our team. Everyone's super happy, which has been different. A nice change for sure. It's just nice to see everyone happy again. And we're putting teams under instead of letting them come at us, which I think has helped us in our results. And I don't know, Lauren's been awesome. Everyone loves her, and it's just been a really positive change for the program. And it's nice to see everyone enjoying playing again. I, I can pose this question to the both of you. I guess, Helena, you could answer it first, then Juju. But was there a point of this season or even preseason uh, training during the summer where you guys realized, hey, you know, you know, despite the down year last year, this team this team is going to be good? Helena. I think, um, like I said earlier, we just take it practice by practice, game by game, and everyone's been so positive this year. And in practice, it's super competitive, and the games we keep it the same competitiveness. And I think that's just what made me understand that, yeah, I think this is going to be a really good year. Um, what do you think is the potential of this team? Um, I think the potential is um, endless. I think we could go all the way to the tournament. Who knows how far in we'll take it just one step at a time. But I think this team has a ton of potential. And Helena, you've played with, you know, against some, some top line teams and you, you hang right there or you beat them in the case of Stanford and others, even uh, Arizona state. Y- is there anything that y- you're, you're not intimidated by any team? Are you, you go right at them, play physical and, and either get the win or certainly stick right with them. You only have two losses, but um, do you feel like there's no chasing anything as Oregon State that you guys, along with the men's team, it's these are two positions that the men's team and the women's team are in that you know for the historically is not a normal thing. That's why you know the question is, our team's giving you a lot more respect now, perhaps. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, we used to go, I used to go in the game playing a lot more nervous, and now I go in with like a new sense of confidence that we like we can be a team versus how are we going to defend them. And it's been super nice playing with the confidence rather than a, like a feel of nerves. Yeah. Uh, this to Juju. Uh, so, Juju, what, what is probably the biggest thing you've been able to learn from your peers like Helena and your other teammates, you and your first year of college soccer? I would say I've definitely learned to play with more confidence and just like, my distribution on the ball has like really advanced through working with Lauren and like especially working with Maddie who's been here for so long as my other center back. I've learned a lot from her and like just to up my defensive like knowledge and kind of like starting to grow my own voice on the field. So they always say as you, you go up levels, the game is always really fast when you start. Would you say this this the the college game at least for you right now is still really fast or is it starting to slow down for you a little bit? Um, it's still pretty fast. I'd say like the biggest difference is just like all the girls are bigger, stronger, faster, and you kind of have to become a better, like one V one defender because everyone is a better forward. But I would say on the offensive, 
things are getting a little slower, easier to find and connect to my team as we go on to the season. Yeah. Helena, let me ask you uh, about your goalkeeper, or at least your senior goalkeeper. That's where the, the experience is at in Bridget Skiba. Do you guys feel pretty good uh, knowing that that, that that final line of defense is there and the job that she does? Yes, I've played with Bridget since my freshman year, and I've even grown up playing against her. So I know Bridget pretty well, obviously, and I trust her with everything I have. I always know that she'll she'll always come clean it up for us if we make a mistake, and I never worry. I just trust Bridget. Kind of, go ahead, I know Bridget. you play on defense. Have you ever scored on her in a game? Back in the day? Hmm. Maybe back in the day. I can't remember a specific time, but I'm sure I have. <laughs> I have a weird question. I have a weird question for both of you um, because it seems to be sweeping the nation. Has Ted Lasso gotten into your guys' uh, locker room? Do you guys watch that? You know, we haven't in the locker room, but I've watched it with my family. Okay, so who's the Roy Kent on your team from Ted Lasso? Oh shoot! Which which character is he? He's again? the the guy, the dark hair, very hairy, and he swears a lot, and he's angry, but he's got the biggest heart of anybody. Oh. And he he <laughs> coaches his little ne- his niece's team, and he swears in front of her, and he gets in trouble all the time. Oh. Hmm. The aging defender. It's it's a good I'm show. I'm trying to think of someone. <laughs> I, I can think of a couple former players, but I don't know about anyone <laughs> okay, on the yeah, team yeah. right now. Well, with the swearing, we'll keep that. We'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um, all right, it's been <laughs> a pleasure to have you guys on. Thanks for doing this uh, today. Congratulations! Now you, you you've got uh, Arizona on Sunday. Is um, did the Arizona State guy a team or did the Arizona State game get you ready for that that matchup this Sunday? Oh, for sure. I think we're. We're pretty excited. We got that one done with, and now we're just ready to finish out the weekend with another win. Juju, thanks for taking time out for us today. Of course. All right. Thank you so much for having us. And, Helena, thank you as well, and best of luck to you on Sunday. All right. Oregon State women's soccer players. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. Helena Brown and Juju Barker joining us here on – on the program, it's it's hard to balance. It's hard to balance. It's a it's a lot a lot of blinking lights for you. A lot, but <laughs> a lot we of got blinking it. lights. We got it. Yeah, that was they good. They were great. That they, was good. They were great, and uh, they're both defenders. And um, with Helen, of course, from uh, Clackamas, and Bridget Skiba from Sunset, not in the same leagues, but I can see easily on club soccer. Yeah, club would, soccer. You travel everywhere. Yeah, anyways. they would play. They would certainly cross paths, if not be on the same team. In, at certain ages, so really cool matchup there, and you, you see that on on all the teams um, in the different sports. Pretty cool. All right, we need to take a break. We'll come back and get your thoughts, TJ, on Major League Baseball or anybody's phone calls or text at any time. Five four one four nine seven five three five six five four one four nine seven K E J O, and um, get your thoughts on the games this weekend or the interview that we just conducted. We're going to have Noel Manon on from women's basketball at 1205. So that is coming up as well. Questions for Noel questions for, uh, for today's show or, uh, tomorrow, of course, uh, Beaver football and the, the PAC 12 lineup of games this weekend. And even the, the national stuff this morning, TJ, they were really going on about Iowa and, um, Penn state, Penn state as the big game of the week on the national level. Uh, there's just any number of games that, that I'm very interested in. In fact, um, Stanford, who was it? 
Stanford and ASU. They play tonight. Yeah, that's seven o'clock. That's in, tonight in prime time. Devils so. are a, a two touchdown favorite. That that should be interesting. This is a game ASU sometime in the past has lost, especially you know standalone on a Friday night on a short week yeah. against you know Stanford, who is historically successful with a very good coach. Kind of weird too. There's been so many. You know, there's every week. There's a, I don't think there was last week, but it seems like every week there's a Friday night Pac-12 game. The Beavers no Friday nights this year. It just uh, just the way the schedule worked out. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, now would be a good time to call 541-497-5356. Back after this on 1240 Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call a glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the glass man. Do you have a rock chip in your windshield that's bugging you? Stop by or give me a call. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. So the wife rolls into the living room. Honey, you need to get off of the couch and get busy on that list of projects I have for you. And I says to her, but I don't have all the equipment. Oh, she rattles off. That's no excuse. You can rent all the tools and equipment you need from Philomath Rental. And since they're open seven days a week, you can go out there today. All right already. Darn you, Philomath Rental. Philomath Rental, behind Landmark Realty, one and a half miles west of the Sunset Shopping Center. Tools and equipment for farm, home, and business. Hi, I'm former Oregon State athlete Tim Ewis, your Corvallis Edward Jones financial advisor. Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of Oregon State and area high school sports. Call me, Tim Ewis, at 541-758-8245 or stop by my office in the Timber Hill Shopping Complex in Corvallis for all of your investment needs. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Go Beeves. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon, serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Trump's Hobbies has been serving the area since 1972 and is a proud supporter of schools, clubs, and groups throughout the Mid-Valley. Trump's has the area's largest selection of radio-controlled cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, plastic models, model trains, fantasy games, collector cards, and modeling tools, parts, paints, and supplies. Whether you're an experienced modeler or just starting out, Trump's is there to help. Build it. Drive it. Fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. Have you seen Highland Bowl's expanded Strike Zone Lounge? Stop by for a burger, pizza, a hot or a cold sandwich, or a salad. There's appetizers and snacks, too. And the prices are so low on beer and spirits, it's like happy hour all day. Enjoy your favorite Oregon lottery games, too. Highland Bowl. It isn't just for bowlers anymore. Stop by and check out the expanded Strike Zone Lounge at Highland Bowl on 9th Street in Corvallis. We set them up. You knock them down. Highland Bowl. All right, here we go. Uh, final segment of this hour. Noel Manning will join us at twelve oh five here on the uh, on the Joe Beaver Show. Uh, thoughts about tomorrow's game? We do have a, a few texts to get to, and then I want to ask TJ to just give us a summary of baseball because I know you're really, really into 
to all the this is the best time of stuff. year. It is. I it is if I didn't have other responsibilities. This is the best sports month of the year. Of course, us working in sports means this is also one of the busiest months. Yeah, and you can't really enjoy it. No. I mean you can, but you can't. You'll you'll find you're brand new to this career. You'll find it's it's a great way to make a living, and you you get into games, you get a lot of perks, and there's a lot of greatness to it, and you get to go to work and do something you love every day. But it will challenge your fanhood. Oh, of course, it I don't challenge doubt that. your fanhood. Pretty soon you'll get so burnt out, you just won't care anymore. Not like a curmudgeon, but more like it's just all work, and not where you know, in, in some ways, and this will never happen. It's just, it's like any other job, but in some ways there are times when I long to be able to watch a game, relax and not have to, to think, okay, I need to remember everything, every single detail about what happens in this game. So I can talk about it on a show and then argue with people. Um, just be able to watch as a fan, which I can. And obviously we, we do what we do, but it's not, it's just not the same. At the same time, though, you, you have that youthful, yes, I can't wait for all these games. But since you don't DVR, you're really missing out on the on the, the play-by-play analysis when they slow things down and look at it and break it yeah, down. Yeah, but I'm also not, like, the biggest fan of all the TV analysis. If, there, if there's one I want to watch, I'll make sure I can watch it. Yeah, I mean, I have a yeah. bunch of favorites, especially college football like Kirk Herb Street. Uh, baseball. Who do you like for baseball? Oh, I like Mike Blowers of Root Sports. I think he does a great job. I think all, most of the national analysts are bad. Really? Oh, 100%. It's just out of touch. That uh, What happens, uh, I'm not now, trying to be, analysts, I'm not trying not to play by play. Analysts, yeah. All the, most of the play by play are phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the, the Sunday night, Matt, I like Matt Vaskersian, but that group just did not mix at all. I love Matt Vaskersian. I do too, but that group, I think, just did not work with A Rod yeah. and it, it it was a disaster, and he's already out of it. By the way, they after Monday he or Tuesday, really? I think by Wednesday announced he was out of Sunday Night Baseball. Huh. But most of the analysts, like what happens when you have you put a analyst or a former player, usually it's a former player, yeah, from an older generation in the booth to talk about the game. He will talk about it from one to two generations of baseball ago. Which has nothing to do with the, the product they're currently putting on the field. Because of the new, like, the shifts and the... Shifts, um, you know, the, the, like, uh, the quote-unquote blanket, like, analytics. Like, right, I put analytics. it in quotes because analytics is so complex and such just a broad thing. So whenever someone doesn't hit the ball the other way with two strikes, it's like, oh, darn analytics. Analytics are ruining the game when it's like, oh, well, the pitcher threw, you know, 98 at the top of the zone. Sorry, he couldn't catch up to it. Yeah. It, it, it's just... Just the the little things like an, annoy me because it's like, that's interesting. It it, um, it just it, it's talking from an out of touch point of view for a lot of these analysts, well, and it, that don't that don't relate at all to what the current players are doing. Probably more than any other sport, baseball has changed the most in the in the fewest amount of years. Yeah, hundred percent. How it's played because I know these older guys are used to you know depending on how old they're. You know, hit and run bunts moving moving runners stealing bases and non-shifts that are ridiculously off the board you see a shift with everybody over to the right side and you think well just just hit it to the left that that like the prop the people who like complain about the shift i'm just wondering it's like you guys don't have a problem when football you switch from man to zone coverage like should it be a rule that you're in the NFL, your defense has to stay in the same formation all game and cannot move? 
I, I don't honestly, to me, the shift is, is fine. If you want to do that, what I'm saying is take advantage of it. A hundred percent. Which down a, annoys a really me. Strong butt. Jared Kelnick did that in the last week of the season. I, they were shifting on him and, you know, in his struggles this year, he got really pull happy and most of the balls he hits on the ground, he pulls to his right side. But you, you see the whole wide open left of the field. This, I'm looking at like guys like Joey Gallo, who is just dead pull, dead pull. You just put your bat out and just poke it. Yeah. It, no one's going to like get mad at you if you get out when you try and bunt the other way, unless you just miss the ball. And then in which case they're like, okay, go, go work on your bunting. You know, I've gone to the batting cage, you know, where it's 80 miles an hour and wanting to just, if you just want to block the ball, you, you can stick the bat out almost every time and, and hit it. Yeah. You're not swinging hard. At least you're, make you're them at least make them and think make you're out there. at least make them think you're going to try. You can at least have that option there so you might have the third baseman swung around, right? And that's one less guy right. in that shift. Maybe it opens up the middle of the field somewhere you like to hit. That's If you do want to swing gonna, away. I'm going to um, watch with more of a, of a trained ear to the the analysts now that you've said this. And yeah, see listen. how they how they I'm do. trying to think of who would so Ron Darling is doing the TBS. He does TBS post game. Mm-hmm. He's like that. I know John Smoltz, who does, who I believe is, is he, Fox? he is Fox. I'm trying to remember I, what the late I Fox he was game a is. Great, he's great. He's he's fine. It just there's 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 still like that disconnect there, though. I think. Yeah. Um. And of course, with shifting, John. I mean, the Rays do it more than anyone else, and they play at four o'clock tonight. Which you should be. I mean, you'll be around uh, to watch that. I think. Uh, yes, I will because I'm going to Dougie's party tonight, and that's why I'm not doing the game. Doing the tonight. high school. Just be me tonight. And, uh, yeah, it will be. Well, Dale, Dale will be back here in Dale studio. Will here I'll be doing most of the talking. Most of the pregame show. Um, so yeah, I'll have a couple of hours before the party to uh, sit back and watch some baseball. Having all my football ready for tomorrow's show, I'm mm-hmm. ready to go. So oh, I'm ready to I, go I can too. Finally, relax. And uh, watch some baseball because yeah, I love it's gonna it. be good. I love baseball in, in October. Oh, it's it's it is the best. And this I I told John before the show started. Like this is my favorite day of the year right here because this is the only guaranteed day of the baseball playoffs where we get four games in one day. Yeah. Now normal. This is the first I guess year I have a full time job during this day. Yeah. So I obviously can't watch all the games. The White Sox are up over the Astros one nothing in the second inning right now. They just started an I'm eleven ro- o'clock I'm, start. I'm rooting for them because Tony Larusa got so much grief for being so old when he, they hired him. Yeah. If we're talking about a generational divide, that is one right there. And look at the job he did. <laughs> he, okay, I, I will give him credit. He did a very good job. I don't job. know the inner workings. Be, I don't know how much he said to the younger uh, assistants. Hey, they, the over. players like him, which is the the thing I was most concerned about. And his team is very good. It is very well put together. Um, I thought this was a bad matchup, honestly, with them and the Astros, uh, especially yeah. yesterday. They got they got absolutely clobbered yesterday. And the White Sox, they threw Lance Lynn yesterday. And there's one thing the Astros, I wrote this down in the little paragraph I wrote about each of these series for this show specifically. Um, the Astros, you know, absolutely crush fastballs. Um, and, the White so- and Lance Lynn, who's the White Sox' probably best starter, maybe second best behind Carlos Rodon uh, this season, throws only fastballs. He threw 76 pitches yesterday. I believe 72 of them were fastballs. Wow. Uh, and Lance Lynn's career ERA against the Astros is like nine. Because for so long, the Astros have been so good, especially this year. They've been so good at hitting fastballs. It's like, well, you know what he's going to throw, and of course he's going to give up five runs in three and two-thirds innings. Sure. I mean, he has nothing else to to throw. There's no mystery, and 
And that's exactly why I think the White Sox are going to struggle in this series because the White Sox, they've had, quote-unquote, the best pitching staff in the American League, but they're primarily um, they're primarily a fastball-throwing team. I believe they threw the most 95-plus-mile-an-hour fastballs of any team in history this year, which, against an Astros lineup that is that good, is, I think, just a bad matchup. And their starting pitching really fell off down the stretch as fatigue and longevity uh, got into the issue. Do you think it was a good move by the White Sox, uh, the deal that, that had uh, Madrigal go to the Cubs? Uh, oh, and they got Kimbrell. And I know Kimbrell hasn't been uh, as good. I'm in a win now mode. I am. That's a great win now move because yeah. Nick Madrigal um, is obviously a more of a foundational piece. Yeah. Craig Kimbrell is a win now piece, and that stacks up nicely for the postseason if the White Sox get a lead, which is where they are now. Uh, well, they had a lead. It's now one one. No, but I mean they're where they are now. But yes, like, correct. The postseason. Yeah. yeah, and I believe they have Kimbrell for another year. I think well, uh, I'm not sure. I don't remember his contract, but. That, that is a good win-now move. I think Nick will enjoy the north side, especially once the Cubs get good again. Here's a question Mike posed yesterday, and, and um, don't know the answer to it. Has there ever been a, a series with two teams with 107 and 106 victories? No, this is the first time ever. As we get ready for the, the I Dodgers believe this is the first time ever. I, I was thinking back to 2019 because I was like, well, maybe that would have been the record then because the three division winners that year, the Twins won 101. Um, the Astros won 107, and the Yankees won 103, which I thought at that point was like, wow, that's that's a lot of 100-win teams, especially the three divisions each having a 100-game winner. I mean, wow, these playoffs are going to be fantastic. But this Dodgers-Giants series, I believe, is the first time two teams with 106 wins have ever matched up together. I went back and looked at 2001 when the Mariners won 116. I was like, well, maybe if they face the Oakland A's, no, the A's only won 102 games that year. That wouldn't have been it. Uh, I'm trying to think in recent memory, you know, teams don't win 106, 107 games that often. That's what makes it so unique that the Dodgers and Giants were in the same division this year. They essentially split the season series. The Giants won 10, the Dodgers won 9. Yeah. And still won 100 and 106 and 107 games. And it's just remarkable because they're two you know, they're two kind of different roster structures. Uh, the Dodgers a little more aggressive and star power driven. The Giants really, they're the oldest team in baseball. They, they really are. Their average age is over 30 years old. And they, they have gotten remarkable seasons from, you know, they traded for Chris Bryant. They got Brandon Crawford playing well. They have, um, uh, what else? Buster Posey has had a comeback year as well. And a bunch of uh, a bunch of guys off the bench have played really well. Darren Ruff, Lamont Wade uh, have been really good. And their pitching staff has really had a resurgence as well with, you know, Kevin Gosman, who's terrible in Baltimore, has come back as sub three ERA. Guys like Anthony Disclafani and Logan Webb, they've been really good. It, it's different. Star power on the Dodgers, but overall just production and greatness from the Giants. And I think that is going to be a phenomenal series to watch this week. I had the call of Arozarena's stealing home. I have his home run. The stealing home, I must have not put it in the right folder. I was just looking for it, but that's never happened before in Major League Baseball history. Randy Arozarena is a postseason player. He has the highest slugging percentage of any player in the postseason in baseball history. Pretty cool stuff. Highest ever. Helps from his last year, but he's a big-time player. All right, we have Noel Mann and Oregon State women's basketball coming up at 12.05. Some audio as well, and your phone calls here on the Joe Beaver Show. Oh.
Here's the microphone. This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on at 5. And QID. 12.40, Joe Radio. I'm Frank Miller with Your Money Now. Well, stocks remain mixed following some disappointing employment data this morning. The Labor Department said that the economy added a much less than expected 194,000 jobs in September. Economists were expecting an increase of 500,000. As such, stocks have remained mixed and have been lacking direction for most of today's session. At last check, the Dow was in positive territory after being negative for much of the early going. The S&P basically flat, while the Nasdaq has been in the red for most of today's trading. Well, the recent surge in gasoline prices appears to have no end in sight. According to the latest AAA report, the national average for a price of regular gas is up more than a cent and a half to $3.26 a gallon. The highest prices remain in California, where drivers are paying $4.43 a gallon. The states reporting the lowest gas prices below $3 a gallon include Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, Alabama, and Tennessee. And that is your money now. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It, it was, was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, could, could I, I have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by... Luxury Vinyl Plank Flooring is really popular right now, and Corvallis Floor Covering carries several different brands. LVP Flooring is waterproof, durable, very affordable, and mimics the look and texture of real wood. Window coverings are an easy way to update a room, and Corvallis Floor Covering has new fashion looks by Hunter Douglas and Norman Window Fashions. Stop by and browse through their large showroom. They're at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, here with another Golf Minute with a tip on how to make those scoring putts. Good putting is paramount in golf, but short, what I call scoring putts, make for tedious practice. So try this game, which is one you might have even tried on the basketball court. Place 8 to 10 tees in a horseshoe pattern with about, oh, 2 or 3 feet between each tee with the hole at the open end of the horseshoe. Start putting at the end of the horseshoe, which should be about 2 or 3 feet from the hole. After you make the first putt, go to the next tee. The object, of course, is to move all the way around the world without missing. 
It may take a while, but when you finally make every putt, you will develop and have great confidence with your putter. It took me so long the first time I tried it, my golf shirt went out of style. Hey! So remember, start putting in a horseshoe fashion around the world, and you'll start knocking in those scoring putts for much better scores. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. I need tech that can make me as productive in my home office as I am at my office office. It's possible with Staples Connect. How about a PC that'll help me get the most out of my day and my budget? Staples Connect makes it possible with the tools you need to work from anywhere. And now get up to $200 off select PCs like the Lenovo IdeaPad 5i with Intel i5 processor. Explore what's new at your local Staples or staplesconnect.com. Staples Connect, the working and learning store. Ends 1017, in-store only, limit two. Did you get all the stimulus money for you and your family? Do you have children and didn't know you could receive monthly child tax credit payments? You can claim your monthly child tax credit payments and missing stimulus payments, even if you don't file a traditional tax return. Visit ssa.gov EIP to learn how you can apply online. Get the money your family deserves. Visit ssa.gov EIP. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. Sponsored by SSA. 1240 Joe Radio welcomes you back for another edition of the Joe Beaver Show, where, as always, we accommodate all manner of inquiry. I'd like to ask you one question. Go ahead. You think that girls think less of a boy if he lets himself be kissed? With your host, Doc Parker. You better do your research, Parker. Doc Parker, reinventing the art of play-by-play. The boys are back in the field. They're lined up, and there they go. Ending in the first inning. No runs, no errors, but plenty of hits. And John Warren. Bravest, kindest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. Friend of mine. Anybody can help me. He can! Mike and John deliver a daily message to the BCF. And you have meddled with the primal forces of nature. And you will... And they keep a close eye on the happenings in Westwood. They accuse me of chicanery. I'm a stranger in these parts and unacquainted with the rules. Where can I put your support? But above all... There's always a game. Games? Must we? Tune in on the radio if you want to see how the game's going along. (laughs) Mike Riley is tuned in. John? Heard you on the radio. Do you like the show, Coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, Doc. We better be going. Okay. Come on, you palooka, stop calling. <laughs> it's the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Now, this was made in 2008. So what did that make you, about 12 years old? Uh, No, younger than that. <laughs> I was in fifth or sixth grade. I can't remember which one. <laughs> There's a lot of references in that, uh, in that open there that have meaning. Meaning to the season, to the time of year, to who's coaching in the league. A lot of references that are in there. I'm trying to catch on. I'm learning slowly, John. Welcome to uh, our number two of the Joe Beaver Show. I'm John Warren. TJ Matthewson is across the table sitting in Mike Parker's chair. Mike and the team on their way to uh, to Pullman, Washington for tomorrow's game. Do we know what kind of weather they're going to get tomorrow? I think it's going to be look. okay. I think it's going to be all right. The Palouse is usually, I don't know, it's it's Eastern Washington weather It'll is dramatically different than yeah. Western Washington. Weather. Yeah, it'll be cold, but uh, should be pretty nice. Um, we want to uh, thank our guests in the first hour, Helena Brown and Juju Barker from the women's soccer team. Now we go to women's basketball and bring in Noel Mannon, 
who's agreed to come on the show with us, at, just as basketball is getting started officially anyway. Noel, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Thanks for your time today. Hey, thank you for having me. Really appreciate you coming on. You've got a great story. We'll get to that in just a bit. But how are workouts going? I know it's official now. Coaches can be with you, and it's all it's all set for a brand-new season. How's everything going so far? Yeah, it's going great so far. You know, we've um, obviously we've been working out pretty consistently all summer long. So um, just more opportunities to get even more work done with these girls. And the group looks great already. The freshmen look awesome. All the new grad transfers, like it's it's awesome that officially we just started on Tuesday, but it already feels like we've been playing together for a while now. Hey, Noel, this is TJ here with John. So you're a walk-on here at Oregon State, and you you had a, an interesting path. You you went to USF first, correct? Yes, correct. Originally, so what? So let's, I guess, start off with your relationship with Coach Scott Rook. And you, you reached out to him to uh, to try and help you find a place to play um, when you were when you were looking for places to play collegiately. How how did that relationship grow? How did you, I guess, first meet him, and how did it evolve? Yeah, so actually, the first time I met Scott was my freshman year of high school. Our basketball team did um, sort of just like a visit day where we came to the game and we met the team and the coaches after and stuff. Um, so that was actually my first time meeting him. And um, with that, it was sort of uh, mutual friends, too, like just, you know, being from Oregon and people know him who I know as well, um, who helped get us in contact even more. But yeah, that was sort of where our relationship started. Uh, so when I was at USF, I actually reached out to him to help me speak to other coaches and sort of like what I should say and what are they looking for. Um, and yeah, and then I got, I got very lucky that they were in need of a walk-on and he liked the way my film looked. So it worked out. <laughs> How, how big of a jump was it when you came out of Valley Catholic, which is a smaller Oregon level, Valley Catholic, then to USF, mm-hmm. but then also to Oregon State? I mean, th- that must have been two really big jumps as far as speed, size, strength. Oh, yeah, huge jump. So that was, I actually didn't even um, get the opportunity to play at USF to play basketball. So it was just Valley Catholic to Oregon State. Wow. And it was quite the jump um, mentally, physically you know, everything, but, uh, they warn you when you come in, you know, it's going to be hard. It's, it's hard for everyone, uh, that adjustment and yeah, over time, just like they say, you get used to it and you get better and you grow. When it came to, um, let's start, well, let's break it down both physically and then mentally. When it came to the physical side of it, did you need to get in the weight room? Did you need to do things to increase speed, anything else? Cause it's all about defense, uh, with Scott Ruick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know in high school, we didn't lift a ton. So that was a huge jump for me physically um, was getting in the weight room and learning, you know, how to lift and technique and everything. And um, that's honestly grown to be one of my favorite parts by this time. Now that I've been here is the lifting and getting in shape. Um, so yeah, the physical, the physical jump was a big one, you know, because yeah, the speed of the game, the size, everything, it 
jumps up dramatically when you move to college. Now, on the mental part of things, from Valley Catholic to Oregon State, Final Four, and all of the great things that Scott has accomplished here at Oregon State University, Power Five, and top 20, perennial top 25 team, when it came to strategy and running plays and knowing where you're supposed to go, uh, how was that as far as the learning curve? <laughs> yeah, also a big jump, you know, um, Scott, he's a teacher at heart. That's what he got his degree in when he went here. And so, yeah, he he loves that aspect of the game, teaching the in and out of basketball, and he's very good at it. And he helps make that transition smooth, but it definitely still is a huge jump um, mentally, just what kind of basketball you're playing. You know, in high school, a lot of it was just, you know, how – good you are and how how you can make plays but obviously when you get to college and you're playing against people who are just as good just as fast just as strong then that's where a lot of the mental game and the strategy comes into play no i want to go back to your time at san francisco and you know you never had a chance to play there was there anyone who kind of helped you keep your head on straight when you realized there wouldn't be any opportunities to play there and helped your career, I guess. I know Scott, obviously a big help, but help your career progress to where it is right now. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say, obviously my parents more than anyone, um, just always being supportive of my decision to go there. And then my decision that, you know, that wasn't the place for me and that I would end up wanting to go somewhere else. So I would absolutely say my parents for that one. So uh, skip forward in time a little bit here. So you get to Oregon State, you know, you're the walk-on, you're you're the new person in the room, but I know that when you got there, the summer, or I guess it would have been fall after, you guys took that international trip to Italy, where I know where much team bonding and such uh, or happens, you know, team chemistry and, you know, just growth. And in, in the, the words I read was finding your place. I mean, what, what did that trip, I guess, mean to you and your place here at Oregon State? Oh, yeah, yeah. The Italy trip was huge, I think, for me and for the other members of that class with me, Taylor and Kennedy and Yelena. Um, you know, coming in, it was, we got to start practicing a little early that summer, too, because of that trip. And, yeah, like I touched, like I touched on, the game was different and, you know, it's very overwhelming at first, those first few weeks. And I think that Italy trip was just came at that perfect time where we just got to go there and, you know, focus more on just getting to know each other and getting close with the team um, while also getting to play basketball kind of for fun. And it was a great, great experience to help, I think, all of us find our place both on and off the court. So I understand Noel Mannon, by the way, Noel Mannon, uh, joining us here on the Joe Beaver Show from the Oregon State Women's Basketball Program, redshirt sophomore from North Plains, but Valley Catholic High School. I understand after all we've talked about, the jump from, from Valley Catholic High School to Power 5 Oregon State and everything you've been through, it paid off. I understand you, you were awarded a scholarship. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. How was that? We've seen on, you know, those college football game day shows, they'll do features on uh, how teams go about 
you know, telling someone who was a walk-on and worked real hard and you can't eat with the team and this and that. And then when they are awarded a scholarship, they'll do it funny ways sometimes. What about you? How are you uh, told that you, you, you were on scholarship? Yeah, it was awesome. Um, Scott said just after a workout, you know, and we were all, everyone was getting ready to head to the locker room. And he said, oh, guys, hold up a minute. Like, we got to do this video for the Boys and Girls Club. That's all he told us. And so we all went to center court. And he said, I have these cue cards. Like, we're going to do this in one take. So nobody, like, gets to rehearse. And he told four people, there were, like, four or five cue cards. So he told four or five of the girls, like, okay, you have this card, you have this card, just read it, we're going to record it and go. Um, and then, but obviously it wasn't actually for the purpose he said it was, and the card sort of built up to the last one saying, like, Noel's on scholarship now, so it was pretty special. So the way he, he set it up, nobody knew, even the other girls reading their cue cards? No, they did. yeah, nobody knew. Wow, that's, that's so incredible. Cool. That is so cool. I hope they got video. Yeah, I was of gonna that. say. Yeah. I imagine they got it all on video. Somebody, yeah, yeah, that is so cool. Yeah, and, no, there's a there's a video somewhere, and it was yeah. It, I think it made it even more special that no one knew. Just the raw reaction was pretty awesome. I, I get a little choked up just the, just hearing you explain that. Was that a tear inducing moment for everybody? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I bet, I bet it wasn't Lots for your parents. Yeah, I bet it was for your parents uh, as a dad who put two kids through college. I bet your parents love that. Uh, but congratulations. Yes. All right. This year's team, expectations, a lot of new faces. I know this is more of a, a question for your coach, but how's everything going? I'm, a lot of people are curious to know how uh, Campshire is doing. I'm sure I butchered it. Camp Schroeder because of uh, her high accolades coming in. Is everybody fitting in, and are you amazed at some of the talent around you? Oh, absolutely. Every year it's the same thing, you know. They all just, all three of the freshmen, they all just fit in perfectly, you know, socially and as teammates and everything. And, yeah, all three of them, too, Talia, Greta, AJ, they're all just these impressive athletes. <laughs> to say the least, and um, they're definitely going through that adjustment period, um, but they're making it look pretty easy, and so I'm very excited. I think we're all super excited to see what this team's going to be able to do. Well, you are a delight. Thanks for taking time out for us today. Really enjoyed the conversation. And you know, you know, as well as we all do, just how much Beaver Nation loves women's basketball and will be supporting you. Uh, last question uh, about that. You, you had to go through this weird year of cutouts and, and, uh, and empty stadiums, but now fans will be back. Are you guys excited about that? Oh, my gosh, yes. I can't even say in words how excited we are. Um, I think everyone in Beaver Nation knows and is proud of the fact that um, they pass Gale pretty good every game, that, every home game that we have. And, you know, that's a big advantage for us. And we get used to that. We get spoiled with that. And we definitely missed it last year. Um, so we're very, very excited to have that back. Best of luck to you. Thanks again for your time. Hopefully we'll get to check in at some point again with you later on during a successful season this year. Noel, thanks for, for your time and, and uh, get to practice or do what you got to do. <laughs> Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. All right. Thanks, Noel. Thanks. Uh, that's Noel Mann, and boy, what a great kid. And you know that moment of 
being awarded a scholarship because, you know, people don't realize it's not just, you know, you're a walk-on. You may be a walk-on, you still get to go on trips, uh, but they can't eat, at least in football, I don't know how it is in basketball, they can't eat with the team at training table. You're on your own. You're on your own for everything. you got to pay your, your your school bill, your books, everything. It's You're just a student. You participate in the sport yeah. while being a regular student like the rest of us. Yeah, yeah, and um, to get that, and yes, from a parental standpoint, it's a huge, huge relief. But just from the kid's standpoint, to be able to join their team and know they're 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 one of them when it comes to eating and things like that, it's that's really cool. You can hear the smile through the telephone. Yeah, yeah. you really can. That that yeah. And Bob writes in to say, "Great kid, good interview. Absolutely, she's she's uh, she's amazing." And and how hard is it to go from a smaller division? Uh, that it's it, we've seen it happen. Um, you know, of course with. Um, uh, Casey, um, oh, I'm drawing a blank, but she played at Staten. So she made it all the way to Oregon State in the Power 5 level. Uh, Jill No um, played at, uh, I can't remember where she played, oh, Wilsonville, and was a standout player at Arizona State um, before your time. Um, and uh, Noelle Manon from Valley Catholic now playing at Oregon State and, and uh, for a couple of years now, but getting a scholarship and and uh, very much a part of that team. Great stuff. All right, we will break. We do have audio from uh, Nick Rolovich uh, and others that we'll get to here uh, as we roll along on this edition of the the Joe Beaver Show. Don't forget, TJ will have the call tonight of Corvallis High School battling uh, South Albany. There was one game last night, West Albany beat Lebanon 21-7. to uh, that's what I was told. It wasn't in the paper or anywhere else. It wasn't on OSAA, but a, a, a listener this morning on the Clue Morning Update texted me that. And um, so that was the Thursday night game for the conference. It's hard to track. I, I think we've said this on the show before, but it's really, especially in high school in a in a state that doesn't take high school football, let's say, as seriously as Southern States does to find scores, stats, yeah. et cetera. Uh, for example, looking at not a, a jab at South Albany, of course, because there's plenty of schools that do this, but it just like trying to look up most anything on South Albany, I or can't even. School. I can't even, you know, finding out who their quarterback is is Honestly, is all about reading the the season preview. I mean, you see stuff from like coaches and stuff, um, but that's all all I have to go on for the for years. And I, I did high school football for thirty years and have been watching it a part of it. Less so now, but since the early 1970s. And when I got into this business, I always wanted to reach the highest level. But while I was doing high school, I wanted to really make the most of that as well. High school football in this day and age is ripe. I know there's the, the, the what is the NFHS, there's all the, the, the different national yeah. places where, who carry games. ESPN. But, but I think the, the landscape is ripe right now, and it has been. It's never changed for someone to create something. Now, you got to do it to where you can make money at it. To be almost like a league, or certainly a, a team, but a league SID, where you're keeping all these numbers, you're, you're getting all these games, you're collecting stats from every team and putting it out there. I was going to say, wouldn't that be a, I feel like that would be a school district thing. Yeah, but they don't have money for that, and they don't have a position for it, and they don't care about that. Only yeah. us broadcasters do, and fans, and fans, and parents. I will give a shout-out. Scorebook Live does a phenomenal job of keeping track of Oregon. They they track high school sports all over the country, but especially here in the state of Oregon, where it's yeah, you know, uh, outside of you know an article in the Gazette Times, pretty hard to find information and such on 
these high school teams, but Scorebook Live, uh, for as many teams and schools as they have to cover, do a very good job. Now, here's here's uh, what your litmus test needs to be. I got to a point where, through the ability to, uh, I won't say uh, BS, mm-hmm. but combine that smart alecky ability to be to BS. <laughs> With facts and figures and, and that ability to put it all together to call a football game, I did get to a point where I could I told someone, I said, I could go to the lower levels of Mississippi right now, drive by and see some school lights, pull in, say, give me a roster, ask five questions and sit down and do the game and make it sound like I've been there for 20 years. Yeah. If you can get to that level, you can do anything because... It's it's you, you, stats, facts, and figures help a lot, but they're complementary pieces they as are. I've come exactly. to realize. Yeah, and I, yeah. I I realize the difference. So I got to call ASU games at school, um, and you almost try too hard to fit all those numbers in because yeah. in college you have Mike Parker has every stat he could want available to him right. on every player on the roster on both teams that he could you know dive into and do a whole bunch of stuff. Well, what you notice when you listen to Mike, and he does this very well, is it's not it's not all about the stats and stuff. He 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 incorporates the the stories and such, which most of this high school stuff is about. Of course, I know like a lot of the Corvallis storylines. I've watched all of their games, but one this year because right. we've called them, which it's a lot easier to know to, the to team. Know the team. Doing right. Yeah, but for the away the away teams, you know, it's much different. Um, but when you you don't realize it until. You know, me calling these high school games where you have almost no stats or background information available to you, where you really find the way to work the words in to make it sound a lot smoother and not like, oh, here's the play happen, and since I have no more information, I'm just going <laughs> to stop talking right now. Well, there's there's things you can do. You if you you know this, I don't even need to tell you, but you'd make a cheat chart with things like the the league standings, games tonight, games next week. Uh, top top ten or yeah. top twenty in the state. Say, uh, big games around the different levels. Usually, I have the um, I I do a Google Doc with all my background information on both teams. On I'll put the uh, the league voted standings from Scorebook Live because they update those every week. Uh, I don't I know they have RPI uh, and yeah, such on, on OSA, but I don't know how they do. I don't know I don't know how they calculate that either because there's it's not as it's not it, right. you can't do it like as consistently with high school football. No. Um. So I have like the poll. I have all my background information. Really intriguing storyline. South Albany has two head coaches, not one, two. Hmm. David Younger, uh, who this was, is his second tenure. There. Right. Right. I mean, then his first time around. Um. And then Jeff Huber in his second season, who took over. For younger when he left. So here's some trivia for you. A few years back, Dennis Erickson's son coached South Albany, and Dennis helped him out. So in between jobs, Arizona State and somebody else, I don't remember, the, I can't remember the exact time frame. Dennis was on the sidelines, helped coaching South Albany High School. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, and then his son got a job, a bigger job somewhere else, like small college, and then that was the end of that ride, but... Yeah, pretty cool stuff. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. 497-5356. We have some texts to get to and uh, your phone calls if you want to chime in on anything. High school tonight and then Beaver football tomorrow. 9 o'clock is when we'll be on the air on 1240 Joe Radio. 
locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats in Corvallis, Salem, and Eugene are hiring now. Qdoba is currently looking to add new and flavorful talent to their restaurant teams. New hires can earn $14 to $15 per hour. You'll also enjoy great perks, including benefits, free employee meals, and a flexible schedule. Students are welcome to apply. Call or stop by the Corvallis, Salem, or Eugene Qdoba today to learn more and apply. Qdoba Mexican Eats is an equal opportunity employer. Middleton Heating has kept Mid-Valley residents comfortable for over 72 years. Middleton can service, repair, or replace all types of brands of heating and cooling equipment. Plus, they offer financing options on new equipment and also participate in state and federal incentive programs. If your heating unit is giving you trouble, if you have kitchen or dryer venting needs, or if you're just looking for some sheet metal, call Middleton Heating today. You can count on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Find them online at middletonheating.net. Stargazer Premier Florist in Corvallis knows that a meaningful gift can brighten someone's day and have them feel appreciated, especially during these unprecedented times. Stargazer Premier provides contactless deliveries with a focus on keeping families and friends connected and safe. Choose from Stargazer Premier Florist's wide selection of fresh floral arrangements, bountiful bouquets, gift baskets, and houseplants. Stop in, call, or view Stargazer's selection online at StargazerPremierFlorist.com. Stargazer Premier Florist, 925 Northwest Circle Boulevard in Corvallis. Dave's Performance Hybrids is the Willamette Valley's Prius experts and your Toyota dealer alternative. Dave's Performance Hybrids specializes in Prius sales, Prius service, and Prius batteries, but also services all other Japanese brand cars, trucks, and SUVs. Get peace of mind before you hit the road with Dave's Guardian Full Vehicle Inspection Report so you know about possible failures before they occur. With over 120 years of experience under one roof, you'll get expert service every time. Off I-5 and Highway 20 in Albany, online at davesperformancehybrids.com. At Woodstock's Pizza on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis, we realized a long time ago we'll never be able to memorize all the plays in our playbook. We just have too many options. Over 36 fresh toppings for you to choose from, multiple crust options, gluten and dairy-free options, plus dine-in, takeout, and delivery to most of Corvallis, just to name a few. So we can't memorize all these plays, but with all these options, we've made Woodstock's Pizza pizza for all on Kings Boulevard in Corvallis. This is Katie Albin, letting you know that Albin's Plumbing is going underground. Oh, you'll still find us located on 9th Street in Corvallis, but we are also underground, as in underneath sidewalks, driveways, and patios. Using directional boring, Albin's can run your plumbing underground, avoiding the need for costly and messy concrete repair. Just give us a call. At Albin's Plumbing, plumbing's all we do. Call 754-8282, Albin's Plumbing. All right, welcome back to the Joe Beaver Show. John Warren with TJ Matthewson will be here for the Tailgate Show tomorrow, presented by Sherwin-Williams all the way through the post-game call-in show. If kickoff is at 1 o'clock, what is your prediction for the call-in show? Uh, when we had a 12 o'clock kickoff, that was Idaho, right? 12 yeah, o'clock? Yeah. Uh, that one started around 5, so I'm going to say... Uh, six-ish. Honestly, it all depends on the game. All depends on the game. The USC game, with all that passing, yeah. uh, the game dragged on forever. Now, last week went by quick, didn't it? Yeah. And for uh, anyone listening, I I would love your calls. Please do not hesitate to call in. I, I was a little disappointed. We had three callers last week, John. Yeah, and the position that the team is in, you, and everybody would yeah. know. It, it wasn't it was like it was crowd. late. It was late. But it wasn't like too late. I started at like, I think I started around eleven forty. I, I went I for was, over an hour. I was still up. 
No, um, but the other thing, I was stuck in traffic because it was the biggest crowd of the year, 33,000. Yeah. That takes time to get out. And with it going down to the last play of the game, you know you're going to be sitting in your seat. So not a, not a lot of people leaving early. So if you're sitting in your car listening, mm-hmm. call in. Yeah, and uh, I usually spend, you know, the first minute or so, usually on these late nights, I know there's no one in here helping me. It's just me in here alone. And I'll talk for a minute, wait for the the phone light to come on, and then take a break, and then queue up some calls. But I'm sitting there talking during that first time. I'm killing. I'm like, oh, okay, we're at sixty seconds, ninety mm-hmm. seconds, and and it's dead. I, and I can't. I take a first commercial break, and it's still dead. So please feel free. Don't hesitate. Call, call in. We don't even have to talk about football. Let's talk about life. Let's let's <laughs> let's philosophize. Well, if there's no calls, you can wrap it up. If it's two in the morning and there isn't anybody calling, I, I really, uh, honestly though, yes, I I did, but I I had some thoughts I wanted to talk about with callers that I didn't get to talk about. Well, then come on the air and wax poetic on your own. Oh, that's what I did. A, a lot of good, you know, Jonathan Smith talk. Speaking of Jonathan Smith, he yeah. got a nice uh, he an article written about him I in the Athletic that. this morning. That was very. It was good. very good. It's the key of patience. With the Oregon State program and building it from the bottom up, which he has done a phenomenal job. Well, of. and it was thorough. I mean, this one had interviews from Nick Holt back at uh, in his Idaho days. Um, you heard from Dennis Erickson quoted in this thing that were updated um, quotes. And um, boy, he he went uh, he went around and 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 really did some research for this particular article. It's a good read. It's on the Athletic. Which you have to subscribe, subscribe to, to, but I do, so I was able to read. And it. the athletic always has deals for you to subscribe. I don't know, five bucks for six, six dollars for six months, I think, mm-hmm. uh, to to start more often. Uh, so it, it's a good deal. That always quality content there, and the fact Oregon State does not have an athletic writer, so if they're getting highlight, like they'll they'll get highlighted in Stuart Mandel's you know recaps when yeah the when they beat USC when they beat Washington, of course they'll. He'll, He'll highlight them there, but there's no like there's no dedicated beat writer for Oregon State at the athletic. So it's nice to see Jonathan and such getting the national publicity in it and it getting recognized. All right, let's uh, get to uh, some of our texts going back to earlier from the uh, conversation. Um, oh, we were talking about whether or not you tape games or DVR them or anything like that. And, and that took us into a new, fresh look. Right out of the gate, we, we started with a fresh look on on uh, what you do. Things have changed even still. So when Mike and I talk about the old days of taping games and me answering the phone, and Mike's done this too, and literally just saying, please don't, please don't tell me the score, I'm da-da-da-da-da, and it could be a serious call for, like, your parents. And I remember doing that, and somebody on the other end going, uh, okay, is your dad there? So, uh, and it worked. I actually did avoid a game with all of what we have on our phones and people talking to us and everything. I, I did this a couple weeks back and was able to successfully uh, do that with a, a particular game. And, um, and so when talking about that, Doug writes in to say, I had earbuds sitting in the front row at my son's wedding as the Beavers clinched the 2007 College World Series. That's phenomenal. Yeah, that is. But you think about it, that's Hopefully not that's not something Yeah, I mean, and it's easier now, so you know AirPods yeah. obviously. Yeah. You could just put pop one in your ear and do, and do something to I don't know if it. any I don't, I don't know. know if anyone, you know, it, it's not it doesn't really stand out. It's obviously just for you. And there's yeah. even there's ones that aren't AirPods that you could still put in just one ear. Yeah. And 
no one would notice. No, well, yeah, it would be hard. That's how so it, you got to sit on the end of the row. The end of the row. End of the row, all the way on the. So if you're on the right side, you sit all the yeah. way on the right with it in your right ear, and, and no one's going to see. Don't let anybody get on that side of you, and and uh, the whole nine yards. Um, that's exactly what my buddy Paul did in 1978 when Bucky Dent hit the home run. And uh, and the rest was history. We talked about it earlier this week, and he didn't he didn't get, he didn't get found out from Mr. Lee until he screamed really loud. Bucky Dent just hit a home run, and then he got in trouble. And I talked to him yesterday or the other day, and he he still doesn't remember the radio part. All right, so Dave had the radio in, um, and then I I was uh, waxing poetic about ripping through games. If you do DVR a full game, and being able to in my old system on Dish. Click the button in 30-second increments, which I don't have on Comcast. I don't like the Comcast system. It's like you have to break your thumb just to get the thing to work with these weird buttons that they have. So a couple of people have written in to help me out, and this is great news. I'm going to try this. Eric from Snohomish says you can program your Comcast remote to the fast forward 30 seconds. Google it. Okay, I will. But also John, or um, I don't know who this is, but... No, Adam. Adam in Albany writes in and says, uh, if there's anybody out there with a Comcast Xfinity remote and you want to do the same thing, I'll just read what he writes here. Press exit three times fast, then press 0030, and your page up button is now a 30-second skip forward. Page down is 15 seconds back. I'm going to try that because I used to live off of the 30-second forward thing, including you know just re- watching regular TV shows. Um, got another text here on the, you know, the old taping games and stuff. Dave goes way back to tape, uh, which is fine. I do too. Uh, he's, uh, this, um, this person says bought a Betamax second year. They were out in order to watch Saturday college football games, but never actually watched a full game because I'd heard results already did search out individual plays, but never a full game. Shows the value of live sports inventory when broadcast rights go to market. Well, that's true. That's true. You know, there's always going to be, if it's a live game, people are going to watch it because they want to see it now. That's why you as a program director love live sports. Yes. Anything live we can get. And I haven't been able to do a lot. Um, Of course, I always had Josh, but, but even with you, it's just you and me. And it was me and Josh. And it's hard to cover as much as we want to do. Mm-hmm. So Super Bowl time, we've we've had the Super Bowl on a number of years, but finally I just said there isn't anybody but to run it, so I'm not going to work on that particular day and and worry it's about the it. Biggest American sports day of the year. Well, I know, and then playoff baseball. Yeah, we're we're just having this conversation. It's like right. the playoff baseball slate is fantastic. Okay, who's going to be here to run it? Exactly, and then when we try to uh, automate things, which we are set up to do that, things don't work. They go bad. People complain. They get mad at us for for having problems. So then I say. Not going to run it anymore. I'm just not going to do it. So um, maybe, but then, like you say, you bring it up a few years later. I'm like, yeah, maybe we can do that. Maybe we can. Um, can't believe the White Sox versus Astros is only on MLB Network, which I don't have, is which one person writes in. Um, I would have been pretty disappointed, too, on that one if Nick Madrigal was, was healthy and still playing on the team. But now he's, he's out and, uh, and, and a member of the Chicago Cubs. What do you think about that one? Well, I usually, when I can't uh, watch something on television, there's always a stream out there on the internet if you want to click out of enough pop-ups. Always. Yeah. There, I mean, 
not advocating for anything illegal, of course, but there's there's plenty of pirating pirated streams out there. You can you can find the game's on. Doesn't that I promise you can watch it? Doesn't that damage your computer? And mess it up with a bunch of uh, you just don't spyware? click. You gotta you gotta click out of it. Hmm. It's how I watch mo- football on most Sundays, especially the Seahawks. Like if I want to watch in my room, I don't have a television, so I'll just pull it up on my computer. And you just you gotta find the sites you trust, right? I, I have a, a a website that I like to use that I trust. I've used hundreds and hundreds of times, and I never ever have a problem. It, there's usually only one pop up that pops up. And you open it. Wow, it looks great. Okay, well, I'll just uh, overlook that impropriety and move on here. <laughs> uh, I'm just offering solutions. We were talking here. about we were talking about high school and how how you know it's tough to find things and prep for things. Max Preps, I know you go there. They have a list of who's leading in different categories in the state. Um, it's not always uh, kept up though. In Scorebook Live, they have the same thing too. But again, they that requ- it also the schools need to put stats in there so Max Preps knows. Yeah. But South Albany has none. No, there's nothing in there. So even on Scorebook Live, which for some teams that don't have stats on Max Preps, they have stats on Scorebook Live. Mm -hmm. So when they do the weekly rankings uh, of leaders, I'm like, okay, well, I'll have to take that number for granted that they put out there. But they don't even include South Albany on Scorebook Live. The the sources that we, we speak of are only as good as what is supplied to them by the school. So really it comes down to school participation a lot of times. And, and many times there's, uh, you know, they're they're short on staffing on who can who can do it, keep it, whatever that is. Uh, in the last 20 years, one person writes in the loss of local papers and coverage has almost erased high school coverage. Used to be able to get results of every local sport, both boys and girls, the next day, second day at most. That that's true, but there's just so much scaling down and things like that. And then here's the last one. Oh no, there's actually an added one here. Uh, sure. I'm oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> sure. I'm an old guy sitting in my car, waiting for my wife to get out of the doctor's office, listening to the show on my Sony Walkman earbuds and all. I don't know your name. I just see your phone number here. I love you. That is so funny. That's very old. School. I love that. You still have a Sony Walkman. Uh, my friend and colleague, Kip Carlson, who long time beaver, Crescent Valley grad, went to Oregon State, worked for Oregon State, is just a great guy and smart. In fact, I got to get you in touch with him because he has stats and old um, uh, scores going back like uh, literally 100 years to the 1920s. That's fascinating. From the Valley League and any indoctrination of what Corvallis might have been in back 100 years. So I had it that he gave me 20 years ago, and then I kept it up for a while and then didn't. And so there's a few missing years on what I have, but Kip said that he'll get that to you. Anyway, Kip still uses a cassette recorder to tape interviews when we're in the interview room. Wow. Now, he's a writer. He just needs to hear so he can go back and hear the quotes. doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't like the need one, to like, be perfect. Like what we need. But he's sitting there, and I, you know... It does exactly what it needs to do, but I have to give him a hard time. I just have to. You know, hey, did you take the stage Some people don't want to change. Today? That's all it is. I know, and he's funny. And uh, finally, this one is for you. Well, we can both attack this one, but I haven't really studied Arizona State as much as you know. ASU-Stanford tonight, who you got? Well, I think ASU should win, especially the way they played at UCLA next week. I mean, they had a tough first quarter stopping UCLA. Uh that offense with UCLA can be so dynamic at times, but 
the ASU defense, I think, honestly, is the best in the Pac-12 right now. That that they have so they've had so much returning talent. I believe they returned 21 of 22 starters from last year. Yeah. Uh, the offense, we I've been waiting. They they opened up really slow. They they had the two slow sort of offensive games against the two teams to start the season. It was UNLV and Southern Utah to start the season. With the offense, with all the talent they have, I mean, they're four, five deep, four-star guys out wide, two, I think, NFL running backs in the backfield, and, of course, Jaden Daniels, who can play his, his way into the NFL this year if he plays really well. They, they were really slow, and then they had that game at, U, at BYU where they were just terrible. They had 20, like 20 penalties, only 16 of them accepted. Nonetheless, that's way too many penalties. Most of them were on offense and the mm-hmm. offensive line. They were just a disaster. But then you see this week against UCLA, against a, their, their main competition, you would say, in the Pac-12 South, and they come out there, and they had almost a flawless offensive game plan. It, it was great. We saw both running backs, both Chip Trainum and Rashad White, uh, had explosive runs up and down. And Jaden Daniels, where I was waiting for to see something from him this season, something, uh, uh, something of you know that that poise he has as a leader and to show off that arm. And they called up some brilliant plays downfield. Be, be as objective as you can yeah. on on who who covers, who wins, whatever. Oh, uh, I think ASU is going to win tonight. They're a two touchdown favorite. I don't know if they'll cover, but they as a two touchdown favorite at home. The way they are playing. I'm confident that ASU will win. I think they'll win, but they won't cover. Yeah, that's a big number to cover. Quick question for you. Um, the NCAA investigation. Yeah. What is it, and when will it come to an end? I on it, I have no idea. Is they they had the report that came out when it came out in, in June, um, but I, I don't know. There hasn't been really any update on it. There there hasn't... Um, the, the, it's still, quote-unquote, ongoing. Yeah. And... You know, who knows what happens after this season? But it's looming over them. It is they're, looming. They're still playing well. It is looming, which which is why the season is even more important because you could say, hey, maybe this is Herm's last year if he is guilty of hmm. something. But then again, it it honestly, the thing we love about the NCAA, it's really a program to program thing of re- how much it hurts you. You you, yeah. you could have I, I go back to that that incident at North Carolina with all the paper classes they had. Did did we ever? Did anything ever happen in North Carolina basketball? No. No, they just swept it under the rug. Uh, last thing on this. Did you ever participate in the curtain of distraction? No. So the way the curtain of distraction works, the student the student section leaders, the 942 crew, yeah. uh, they would get they occupy the first two to three rows at basketball games, and they are the ones who run it. And they're the ones who get the guests. They had Phelps on, they had yeah. James Harden. Uh, I think Bill Walton did it once in the middle of a TV game. What I think he might have walked over what there. What did they have James Harden do? Because Phelps came out in a speedo, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, James Harden must have just been there clapping. Because, yeah. like, James is an ASU guy, obviously. Oh, yeah. And he, the Rockets, I think, were in town playing his sons. <laughs> and he was there on an off night. I think it was 17, 18. They, they asked him, and he came over, and he was like, ah. I love that. I think it's hilarious. It's good. I'm glad whenever they get guests down there. Yeah. It's, it's great. I because the regular curtain of distraction, yeah. I know, as, like, a – as a, if you're, you know, you're a Division One basketball player, you are locked in. Oh yeah, you're locked in. Yeah, yeah. But if you look out of the corner of your eye and James Harden is yelling at you, then you might just go, "Gulp." <laughs> well, your teammates well, James on the Harden. bench would have to tell you to get you unlocked in to say, "Hey, Harden, Harden's here." Uh, I say, wouldn't you? But you watch like that much basketball, you just see that beard out of the corner well, of your eye. You're true. like, wait a second. That's true. James Harden's watching me shoot free throws right now. How about Funny. that? I love that curtain of distraction. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. And uh, any other texts or phone calls, 
Uh, if not, then we'll hear from Jonathan Smith. He actually had a lot to say yesterday underneath the old oak tree and a couple of uh, cuts from Nick Rolovich. 497-5356, 541-497-5356, the University Honda text line and the Downward Dog phone line. With T.J. Matthews and I'm John Warren. We'll be back after this on the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. Kraken Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, board games, collectibles, card sleeves, playmats, and more. Have you been to Kraken Cards yet? If you're into sports cards and games, Kraken Cards is for you. Kraken Cards knowledgeable staff can help you find what you're looking for and at fair market value. And for you Oregon State fans, Kraken Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box to browse. Kraken Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd, downtown Corvallis. Kraken Cards, your connection to everything fun. It's Medicare open enrollment time. See the Medicare specialists at Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency. Look at all the 2022 plan choices, including prescription drug plans and Medicare Advantage. This is your time to see if you can find a lower premium and extra benefits. Open enrollment starts October 15th and ends December 7th. Call now to make an appointment. Since 1961, Rhodes Warden Insurance Agency, Lebanon, Albany, and Staten, or RhodesWardenINS.com. If you're expecting family or guests this fall or during the holidays, maybe you don't have a place for them to sleep. A futon from Futon Man in Corvallis is the perfect solution. Futon Man has quality constructed solid hardwood frames in lots of styles and finishes, and their futons have a highly resilient, long-lasting foam core, and they're made right in the store in Corvallis. There's lots of cover choices, too. And students, a futon works great when you need some extra space in your dorm. Stop by Futon Man, two miles north of Corvallis on Highway 99 and online at futon-man.com. Master the mealtime rush with a refrigerator that helps you cut down on clutter. The Whirlpool four-door refrigerator keeps groceries in sight and easy to find. From easy-reach shelves to a flexible ice bin, see how the four sleek compartments help keep ingredients organized so that you can get dinner on the table. Visit Kellenberger Appliance to learn more. Kellenberger Appliance, 21 Main Street, Lebanon. Serving all our appliance needs since 1918. Visit Kellenberger Appliance today. Your locally owned and operated Qdoba Mexican Eats in Corvallis, Salem, and Eugene are hiring now. Qdoba is currently looking to add new and flavorful talent to their restaurant teams. New hires can earn $14 to $15 per hour. You'll also enjoy great perks including benefits, free employee meals, and a flexible schedule. Students are welcome to apply. Call or stop by the Corvallis, Salem, or Eugene Qdoba today to learn more and apply. Qdoba Mexican Eats is an equal opportunity employer. Head coach Jonathan Smith has his alma mater trending up. Stretch play to the right to Baylor. Hole first down, more 15 to the 10, 5, and B.J. Baylor all the way in! Touchdown, Beavers! Join us Saturday. The Beavs visit the Washington State Cougars. Our coverage begins at 11 a.m. on your home for Oregon State football, the Beavers Sports Network. And our local coverage begins at 9 with the Tailgate Show on 1240 Joe Radio. I got to turn that on. Um, let's go into uh, yesterday's Jonathan Smith. First question from Jesse Soa from the Corvallis Gazette Times. By the way, uh, Kip was listening. <laughs> he wrote in to say, um, I went to Linfield and I'm texting this on my flip phone. <laughs> so <laughs> you can. I remember uh, having, not, it was before flip phones when the phones were one solid piece. It was in between flip phones and the um, uh, brick phones. Hmm. And this was probably 2004. 
four or five, and I had a solid phone that had a black, uh, black and, and gray uh, window where you can see all the different numbers and texts and things like that. And you, it was kind of the first incarnation of phones that that allowed you to have contacts and uh, and an LED screen essentially mm-hmm. to to program and do things. The very 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 first. And I was on a boring trip. It was a great trip. It was coming back from a basketball trip with the the basketball team, but it was the end of it. And the bus ride between the Eugene Airport and home, and it was time to get home. And I'm on this thing, and I and I was looking just bored. So I'm looking at my phone, going, "I wonder what I can do with this thing." And I was poking through some buttons, and I saw the Play word Tetris. Text. No, the oh. screen wasn't that big, but I saw the the word text, and I thought, "Well, what's this?" So I texted home. But I was texting a computer, not another phone, uh-huh. uh, an email address, and it came through. It worked. Wow. So I, I, I maintain technology. I, I maintain that I sent the very first text in history. Wow. Well, I remember when I had an LG Shine, and texting on that was interesting to say the least. I don't know what that is. Do you it, remember? It was the good. Do you remember the commercial? The the so the LG Shine commercial. Yeah, text in please on the uh, University <laughs> Honda text line if you remember the LG Shine commercial five four one four nine seven five three five six. We're gonna put that where, on a loop. Yeah, just, the, just the, every commercial break we should put that. Yeah, where the it's I think it's two guys sitting at a table and one's got an LG Shine or sorry no it's a guy and a girl on a date. And an LG Shine, and another woman walks past, and the guy with the LG Shine uses his phone, which it's called an LG Shine for a reason. The uh, screen, when it's turned off, looks like a mirror, and he uses the mirror to look at the the girl walking past. Oh, and, and that's really that was my first phone. I wondered when they were going to come up with a way to make a, a mirror on the screen. Well, now you can just uh, open your camera. Exactly. Jonathan Smith asked by Jesse Soa about... Not uh, about flip phones. No, not about flip phones. About how the team is maintained, through the excitement of winning, maintaining focus for this week. Yeah, I think they've been locked in, uh, practiced, you know, hard, and uh, know that every week's a challenge, and you've got to prepare well to do that. So it felt no, no different this week. You're going to drive the team bus into Moscow, hit the breakfast club. Yeah. No, it's something we're going to be staying in Lewiston. Uh, so we'll stay there. Friday and then get up and go straight to Pullman. I think you mentioned before the Idaho game that you still have some friends and family up in the area. Any chance you're going to be able to connect with them? Um, yep, still got some friends and family, uh, really more friends in the area. It's a great, great area, the Palouse, uh, Pullman, Moscow, headed north to 95 or 195. So I know the area well. We'll have a few few friends there. What makes Pullman Compared to some of the other Pac-12 venues, a tough, you know, so tough to play because it seems like just weird stuff always seems oh, yeah. to happen over there. Uh, I think that passionate fan base, it's a really a great place to play a game, Martin Stadium. Um, Cougs come out in, in droves, and the student section's always really good, uh, energy in the in the place. And so it's a, yeah, it, it can be a tough place to play, but also pretty cool. Gene Delora, what have you seen uh, throughout the week off the film that you guys watched making tough? Yep. Yeah, be sharp, be accurate, can move his feet. Uh, feels like that team kind of rallies around him when he's in the game. Those guys have played really well and won, uh, and he was he was really healthy last week. And they, that that team played lights out. When, when you look at the preparation of this game in Washington State in general, how different are they just what they do with Rolovich compared to what you had when you first came in here with Mike Leach? Yeah, I mean, there's there's differences in the offense and the defense um, schematically. Um, Rolo does a good job, um, aggressive offensively really sound and make it difficult on defense. So, um, you know, there's there's differences. I would say Coach Leach, again, 
obviously could throw it a bunch and score, and they were aggressive style, but different style on defense. Looks like that Washington State defense played pretty well last week. What are the challenges there? Yeah, I think it starts up front with them. They can uh, hold their own on the defensive end, third down, creative, uh, do an awesome job of getting uh, turnovers, creating havoc that way. Because again, I go back to that Cal, how well Cal had been playing offensively moving the ball. That was really impressive for Washington State to hold them down like that. What's kind of the, the message been, because you guys are obviously really, really playing well, and what's kind of the message been, is it kind of still that kind of week-to-week -week approach, or, or you know, because guys are not getting too ahead of themselves where you guys sit in the Pac-12 right now. Yeah, long season, long games, uh, weekly prep matters. Uh, no, no, these games can go either way, so all of, all of it comes down to the details, and, and you got to prepare well to play with detail on Saturday. You have a lot of veterans on this on this team that have been with the program for a little bit. Does that help to have them for that message that they probably understand that a little bit better? Right, than I do think they understand it uh, with their experience you're talking about. Um, and it, I think always uh, messages that really can be echoed in the locker room. Uh, there's a huge benefit, and I think we got got that going on. Has Chance been more, you know, would you say he's been more focused this week after his, his performance on Saturday? I think he's been locked in. Um, I thought he threw it really well. Even today, he made a couple throws that, that, that looked like the chance we know. And so he's going to, you know, hopefully get some get him some confidence. Uh, but again, it goes down to the, this scheme. And and uh, so we'll see. But I think his, his week of work has been good. I think uh, we'll see good things out of Chance. Bounce back. You still win. Yeah. When he doesn't, he didn't play well. Still got the win. That's the positive. And I know there's being a lot made of this Cougars defense. I I, I don't think the Beavers will have. I, I know Paul called into the show earlier this week and said the same thing where he 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 doesn't think the Beavers will have a problem running on Washington State either. I I agree. I don't think the the Beavers will really have a problem. Mostly because the Beavers have dealt with this problem in the past. The Cougars do not have a defensive lineman over 300 pounds in there to stop the run. Not one. So that, that makes it, you know, um, yeah, you, can, you can play soundly. You can play in your gaps as you can, but when you physically cannot match up to offensive linemen, which are traditionally bigger than defensive linemen. Speed, though, worries me. Brennan Jackson, the defensive lineman of the week in the conference, I, I saw some highlights of his, and he, he was, and there was a couple of other guys in the backfield against Cal, it like lightning quick. Yeah, I, but that performance from the the offensive line and such against a, a much more talented front last week in Washington. I know Washington has had their problems this year, but on defense, they they got dudes there. Yeah, the, the guys that'll play on the next level. Let's hear from Rolovich. Deserves a ton of credit. Um, he stayed the course. He's had you know um, ups and downs in in the building of his program. I think he's an excellent X's and O's situational coach. They're always, even a couple of years ago, they are very prepared for end of game situations. I think they've been creative in those situations. Um, you know, his staff has stayed together and, and they believe in, in the process. And I think they're, they're really seeing the, the fruits of, of their labor, labor and consistency, um, developing players. Um, you look at them defensively, um, the offense is, is very good, um, but I think they're also um, tightening it up this year. We got a lot more from uh, Coach Rolovich, uh, from uh, Brennan Jackson, from Chitrick, the defensive coordinator for tomorrow's 
pregame show, which will get underway at 9 o'clock. A lot more from uh, Ryan Lindgren, Tim Tibisar, a couple of players this week that we haven't ha- heard yet. And, of course, uh, of course, more of Jonathan Smith as we get ready for tomorrow's showdown, Oregon State and Washington State. It's going to be fascinating. A lot, you know, this is big for the Beavers going to a bye week. You know, five-game win streak. You, that doesn't come around come around here often. You take care of business, you're one win away from yeah, bowl eligibility exactly. already. All right, thanks, TJ, for filling in for Doc Parker. Uh, our thanks to Juju Barker and Helena Brown from the women's soccer team and for Noel Manon from basketball. Have a great uh, day, everybody. Oh, Goodbye.